Welcome to the Bayshore Podcast. As listeners each week, whether through iTunes or through the church app, you're part of our church family. We would love for you to share stories of how Bayshore is impacting your life by sending us an email at amen at bayshorecc.org. As always, you can find all kinds of information and content on our website, bayshorecc.org. There's also our church app, which you could download by going to bayshorecc.org slash app. So thanks again for joining us this week, and we hope that today's message is a blessing to you. Good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? Great. Well, uh, I, I couldn't help but sitting here thinking that that, that technical thing with Danny kind of describes our relationship. It's, <laughs> it seems like every uh, he's constantly getting me in trouble some, one way or another. So, hey, it is such an honor to be here with you today. And I, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you. Thanks for letting me be here. Uh, but thank you for what you're doing in the kingdom of God. This uh, church, it is just absolutely amazing the impact that you're making. Uh, of course, here in the great city of Gumbrum, it, it's, um, it's overwhelming. I, uh, uh, so when people tell me, and when they, they say, what, what are you doing? I say, I'm going to speak for, uh, for Danny Tice, man. They, they, they have a church there that's larger than the whole population of the city that they're in. So, and uh, so it's always impressive. But seriously, thank you guys. You're doing a, a great work, a great influence um, all over the shore and really uh, all over the world. And I can't tell you how much I just appreciate uh, Pastor Danny. Um, uh, um, he mentioned me telling some stories. Obviously, he's told a few through the, uh, through the history. So I'll be out in the lobby. And if anybody wants to know the truth about any of those stories, I'll be happy to, uh, happy to meet with you. But I do. I, I, um, I want to thank Pastor Danny for the opportunity to be here. Thank him for the influence that he's had in my life. He led me to, to the Lord. He uh, introduced me to Jesus, and it's just uh, changed my life. It's just, it, it's just set, us, uh, set my life on a, on a, on a, on a great adventure, <laughs> a great adventure. And um, I, could not tell, I could not tell you um, just enough how much I love and appreciate him, how much of an influence that he and Karen have in, um, in our lives, my wife uh, Yvette and I, our lives, and... Uh, you know, one of the things I um, love about Pastor Danny is I heard a story, I heard a statement not too long ago that it, a minister was saying, he said, God, never give me authority in the lives of people that I don't love. He said, only let me have authority in the lives of the people that I love. And, and can I tell you, your pastor loves you. He, he loves you. And I, I love, we were a uh, we weren't at the end of the world the other night for dinner, but I think you could see it from there. All right, where I don't, we were back somewhere in, in this um, at this restaurant, and it was it was great. It was it was delicious and everything. But we're riding along, and, and every now and then, Pastor Dan say, "Oh, well, so and so lives right back in that neighborhood, and and so and so, oh, their their house is right back there, and and they do this and that." You know, as your church grows, it's more difficult to know your, but he is plugged in to your lives and he, he loves you. Your staff loves you. You got a, a great pastor and family and staff. And why don't you just, uh, why don't you just give them a big round of applause this morning? Amen. So th this day is a very special day for me, not just to come and speak at Bayshore, but uh, 37 years ago today, now I know you're thinking, that's got to be impossible, he can't be that old, 37 years ago today, that uh, Yvette, my wife, and Yvette, do you mind just standing up this morning, everybody want to say hi to Yvette? Um, 37 years ago to today, we went out on the, uh, on the south end of Rehoboth Beach, and I knelt down in the sand there and asked her to marry me, and thank you, Jesus, to my surprise, and everybody that knew us is surprised, she said yes, and, uh, and so uh, in December, we will have been married 37 years. I love you, babe. Thanks for saying yes and for hanging in there. So. But I really do. I, uh, I love the title of this series, this eternal series that you're in, <laughs> The Great Adventure. I joked with Danny, I said, man, it's talk, it took you longer to preach the book of Acts than it took them to live the book of Acts. But, <laughs> but, um, so, but, I, but I've got to tell you, this, um, this series really does, it sums up how I see life and how Yvette and I, we, we absolutely uh, love life. We really do. Now, we, we love life a little bit differently. 
Um, she loves to get things done. How many people here just love to get things done? I just, she likes to go from point A to point B. She, uh, she wants to, you know, she just, uh, me, I like to meander around. I like to take all the side roads. Uh, she, she knows that when we, uh, when we leave church, there's any one of eight different ways I'm going to go. I, I don't like doing the same thing. How many people just like to go from point A to B? That's in point A to B. How many people like to go on the journey? Amen. You know, one of the things Yvette loves to do is get up in the morning, and she's, uh, she's an early bird, which um, I, I just think is a sin, but uh, she, any night owls in the house, come on, give me a big amen, right? Uh, so, um, yeah, yeah, and so she gets up, and she likes to make the bed, so sometimes with me in it, but she, so she makes the bed. And, uh, and, um, and she has pillows, all these different pillows, you know, there's like 14 pillows on the, the bed. I don't still understand that, but they, have, they all have their place and they have to be in their exact right place. And, and then she likes to walk by and look at it like, oh, it's, it's done. It's complete now. Now for me, um, one of my favorite things in life is when I hear, the, when I hear our grandkids uh, coming into the house and one of the first things they say now when they come into the house, we've got three uh, grandchildren and one, we just found out last week, one more on the way. And so, um, but we have two little boys, a four-year-old and a two-year-old, uh, Jackson and Noah, and they'll come in and one of the first things they say is, hey, Pop, you want to wrestle? <laughs> Man, I love those words. And so... Uh, and so for me, that means what we're going to do is we're going to go jump on the bed and those pillows, instead of becoming decorations, they're now weapons, right? They're so, we're, we're just, I think that's what those pillows uh, should be all, all about. But we look at life differently, not right or wrong, just, um, just differently. And so Yvette and I, we really are. We're thankful for a great life. God has done so many amazing things through the years. We've uh, been in ministry all of our lives. Uh, we've uh, had the privilege of pastoring in, different, in a different country and being on staff at different churches and then at New Covenant Church now for 17 years. We're, so, we're just so, so, so very thankful for the great adventure that God has helped us to live. And that's why I really do. I love Acts chapter 27. When Danny asked if I would continue the series, I was really honored because this, this chapter has some of the things that I really love. Uh, first of all, it deals with, um, it deals with boats and it deals with the, uh, the travel on, 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 the ocean, on the sea there. And Yvette and I lived in the Bahamas for six years, uh, suffering for Jesus on a little island. And uh, uh, you all laugh, but I'm telling you, it's hard raising money for sunscreen. I mean, it is just, it's really, really difficult. Um, so, but there's boats and there's the sea and there's sailing and there's travel. And, and of course, you guys know by now that, that there are amazing works of the Holy Spirit that are going on throughout the book of Acts. And, and then one of the main things we see in this uh, story in, in, in chapter 27 here is we see that there's a great storm, a storm that takes place. And, um, and I'm sure we're all familiar with storms and you know, when I think about storms, it's interesting to me that, um, that when they start, people start talking about storms, they always, it seems like to me, talk about them from kind of the negative perspective. They talk about them from how much damage was done and uh, how much money it's going to take to rebuild after these, damage, uh, after these storms and how many casualties, unfortunately, how many casualties that took place. And, and, and I know that that's, those are all real things, but but you know what I like? I like hearing about the storms. I like hearing about the, the survivors of the storms. I, I like hearing about the, the miracles that took place in the middle of the storm. You know what I'm talking about? The, the person that, that hung on and made it through and, and, and just the, the, the amazing things that take place throughout, uh, throughout these storms. And so um, in chapter 27, we see that Paul is um, on his way to Rome He's been sent there by God, and uh, he's on this ship, and they're, they're going there, but he's, but, but he's going as a prisoner, okay? So he's doing the will of the Lord, he's uh, doing exactly what God wanted him to do, but he's still, he's in prison, uh, he's imprisoned and been carried as a prisoner to Rome. And so I just want to get you to hold on to this fact that Paul is doing the will of God. He's doing what God told him to do, he's doing what God wants him to do. But yet he still, he still encounters a storm. 
Anybody here know that sometimes you can be, and we'll say this again, but sometimes you can be doing just the right things and you can still encounter a storm in your life. Amen? So in, the, in this storm, in this account, we see that, that, that Paul and, uh, and Dr. Luke, you know, Luke, the author of the book of Luke, he's the author, the historian of the book of Acts here, that they're, they're on this ship and they're, they're going from uh, this Egyptian uh, car, cargo ship, they're going f- uh, to Rome, and uh, there's 273 other people on this ship, and all of a sudden the storm hits. And in this storm, we could just focus on the storm, but there's a lot of things that I believe God wants to help us to learn in this story today. So how about just joining me in a word of prayer, and we'll ask the Holy Spirit to help us to receive everything that he wants for us to receive today uh, in, this, uh, in this message. Amen? So Father, we love you so much today. Again, thank you for the opportunity to worship you, and God, I thank you just for a great uh, God, just a, a great list of, uh, of songs, God, that go so well with, um, with what you want to say to us today. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will just um, help us today. Help us to receive everything that you have for us, God, everything that you want to do in us. We say yes to it. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. So there's some lessons that you can learn in the storm. And the, the first lesson that I would say that we will learn in the storm is that um, about storms is that every single person will experience a storm. It's, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Uh, we could go around and probably do a poll here. There's people who've come, just come out of storms. There's people who maybe are in storms today. There are people that, you know, you can feel the wind blowing and storms are coming, but every single person is going to, um, is going to have storms in your life. As a matter of fact, we get a hint about this from Jesus in John 16, 33, when Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You know, Jesus is letting us know. He's walking on the face of the earth and he's saying, hey, listen, in me you can have peace, but you know what? You're in the world also and you're going to have some tribulation. There's going to be some tough things that come. There's going to be some difficult things that, that happen in our lives. Now, Right about now, you're probably saying, well, Pastor Sam, thank you so much for coming all the way from Texas just to tell us we're going to have bad things and troubles and difficulties and storms in our lives. But you know, it's a reality. It's a reality. And the, and, and the fact is that there are all different kinds of storms that take place. There can be physical storms, physical storms in the, in the world, physical storms in our bodies. There can be emotional storms or spiritual storms that... That, that we go through in our lives. I mean, that, that's, these things just take place. And, and no matter what kind of storm we go through, storms impact our lives. Storms can be scary. They, they really can. They can be frightening. They can be threatening. They, can, they, they come in to try and disrupt our lives. I know that right now in Texas, uh, we are in the season where there, we have to be concerned about both tornadoes and also about hurricanes. And through our journey, um, we've been a part of, of rescue missions or a part of, of, of cleanup uh, situations in, in both of those, in, from both kinds of storms. And, and it's just very difficult. I remember a few years ago, we went uh, after the hurricane came through uh, Houston. We uh, went down there, and Houston's really. Um, uh, anybody ever been to Houston? Uh, if you, have, I'm so sorry. That's a. It's a. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the one of the worst places in the world to drive. It's where it's worse than some of the traffic on the beach highways, and and it's just every day. And and we go down there to carry supplies and water and generators and these things to the to these people who have been devastated by the storm, and it's like a ghost town, no cars on the street and people are just trying to survive and to make it. Storms are, are just horrible. They really are. And, and storms on land are, are very, very bad. They, they, we, they're, they're destructive and, and they cost all kinds of money and lives. But can I tell you that I think one of the most frightening uh, places to ever be involved in a storm is on the, is on the sea, is on the ocean. I, I, um, I, the only word that comes to mind for me is just ominous. You know, you, you just, you're, you're, you're just there. You feel like you're, you're helpless. You don't, you're completely at the whim of the winds and the waves. And, 
When Yvette and I first, uh, first moved to the Bahamas, we um, lived on a little island two and a half miles long and uh, about a quarter of a mile wide at the widest point. And um, I, the, the previous pastor had done me this really great favor, or so I thought. He, um, he sold me a boat. It was a 17-foot open, uh, low-sided, low open bow boat. And, um, and so one day we got the news that some of our supplies that we didn't originally get to bring with us, that those supplies were in. So I hop in the boat. It was a beautiful day, flat, calm, uh, going from the, the, the island we lived on to the mainland, Marsh Harbor, about six miles away. And uh, so got over there and got the supplies and put them in the boat and, and came out of the Marsh Harbor, the harbor in, in there. And uh, just as I turned the point and heading back towards Man of War, well, I felt something was different. I, I knew that there were, there were some winds and things didn't look the same. And as I looked out, where normally you could see the island, and, and it was kind of hazy and foggy. And, and, and I thought, well, wait a minute, maybe I should, maybe I should wait. Maybe I should just uh, turn back into the harbor. But then I had this great idea. I, I, this, this thought came into mind, I can make it. How many people know that those are usually the first words before you get into some kind of trouble? <laughs> I can do it. I can make it. And so I headed out in the little boat and, and we're going, I'm going along there and the winds got worse and the waves got worse and all of a sudden I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see anything at all. And I've got to tell you that fear really did fill my heart. It became very, very scary. Well, to make a long story short, about two and a half, uh, two hours later, I realized that I was five miles off course. I started, I could make out an island, and it was, wasn't our island, it was another island. And, and so I then had to, had to correct the course, and, and finally, you know, water was coming over the edge of the boat, and I was bailing water, and, and, and it, was, it was scary. I mean, it was perilous. I really was, was fearful uh, for my life. And just as I made it close to our island, though, I saw one of the men from our church coming out in his big boat, <clears throat> coming out to look for, look for me. Man, aren't you thankful? Anybody ever been a, through a storm and go, thank you, God, for relief. Thank you for safety. Thank you for, for deliverance. So there's a lot of things that go on in storms. And I, I learned a lot of things right up front in that storm. And, and, and I, I, let me tell you this, that, that if we don't learn things, has anybody ever known somebody that maybe had to repeat a grade in school? They didn't quite get it the first time, so the, the school and their parents loved them so much, they said, you know what we're going to do? <clears throat> we're going to let you repeat it again. Okay, not punishing. This isn't punishment. This is an opportunity to grow. Aren't you glad that God loves us enough to let us learn things? Sometimes, anybody ever had to repeat a lesson more than one time? Anybody in here married? Uh, so I have to, so, right. <clears throat> Usually that, those go together. So one of the things that we learn, one of the things that we learn about a storm is that there's always going to be challenges in a storm. Now, literally, I could change, spend all day talking about some of these challenges. But, but one of the challenges that we have is that during storms, storms change our perspective. They change the way that we look at things. They change the way that we see things. The... And, and in storms, it's just hard to focus. The, the rain is falling, the winds are blowing, there's darkness, the seas are roaring, the breaking over the boat. I mean, the threat in during storms is very, very real. And, and this becomes the problem. Because the problem is that all of a sudden, instead of focusing on where we're trying to, to get to, what we're supposed to be doing, we start focusing on the storm. How bad is the storm? How bad are the winds? How, how bad is the situation? How bad is the problem? How, how, how much devastation? How much hurt? You know, th this is the same problem with pain. And through the years, uh, I've come to discover that, that one of the great problems, one of the problems with pain is, is that it demands our attention. Anybody ever smashed your finger, maybe with a hammer or in a door or something? And all of your attention, no matter what's going on in the rest of the world, no matter what's going on in the rest of life, the one thing that gets our attention is where the pain is. And that's what pain wants to do. It wants to draw our focus away from God and onto the problem. And, and, and that's understandable 
The only thing is that even if we know what the problem is, even if we know how bad the storm is, it doesn't fix the problem. It doesn't fix the storm, does it? No, it really, it really doesn't. I, I think a lot of times when we get into difficult situations, what we do is we shift our attention from God who can help us in the midst of the situation. We shift our attention to finding out how we got into the situation. We, we shift our attention to, to kind of the, the shame or the blame or we try to hide what's going on. We, 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 a lot of times we, we just wanna, we wanna get away from, we, you know, we, want, we wanna get away from what the situation is. Years ago, um, one of those stories, one of these stories, and again, Danny and I don't necessarily have the same perspective on this story, but um, years ago, my dad bought a, a new pickup, and so we had a camper, and, and uh, he got this new pickup and, um, and to carry the camper, and so mom and dad were gone somewhere, and Danny was over at the house one night, and we, um, we decided that we wanted pizza. So um, I don't know, it's 16 or 17 years old, and uh, so we get in the pickup. We find the, the keys to the truck, and we get into this uh, brand new pickup. I think it may have been the only time my parents ever had a, had a new vehicle. And, and we go and get the pizza. And we're coming back in Seaford. We're coming, uh, we're coming down Stein Highway. And we're getting ready to make a right-hand turn onto a front street. And uh, so um, this, this truck had these low gears and all kinds of things. And so, you know, I'm maybe being a little bit racy in the, uh, in the truck. And I, I slam the, you know, the, the change the gears and downshift and, and turn, make that right turn onto Front Street. And when I did, Danny was sitting in the passenger side and he was holding the pizza. Well, the next thing I know, the pizza is going everywhere. And Danny is losing his balance. Well, to, to, to um, correct his balance, he reaches over. And of all the things in the truck he could have grabbed to straighten himself, he grabbed the steering wheel. And he pushed the steering wheel. And the next thing I know, we hit a telephone pole. Yeah, it still hurts today. I'm just, <laughs> so. But uh, fortunately, being, a, being God's children, God watched out for us. <laughs> And the only thing that happened was it hit, had these little, these big mirrors out on the side to see around the camper. The telephone pole hit that mirror and slammed it up against the passenger side window and put a little scratch, a little crack in the window. So, um, you know, this immediately, I knew a storm was coming. And I knew that there were going to be problems, and I knew that there were going to be difficulties, and I was already ashamed of what we had done and taken the truck. But then I, I, I went right into the blame game, and I blamed Danny. <laughs> if he had not pulled, <laughs> he had grabbed the steering wheel, and, um, and they didn't fix that window, but my story never changed. It was all Danny's fault. So <laughs> now listen, I'm not saying we should ignore storms. I'm not saying that we should pretend they don't exist. That's, that's not reality. We, we want to... Um, we, we want to acknowledge the storms. We want to respond a proper, uh, appropriately. We need to take the precautions in the Bahamas. The hurricanes would come and we'd put up the storm shutters or, or we'd, you know, we'd, we'd do all the things, fasten down the boat. So do the things that you need to do. Take precautions, take the, uh, take the actions. The, the only thing I'm saying today is that, that, that storms don't get to control our lives. Storms don't get to de determine, they, they, they just don't get to come in and overtake us. You know why? Because God's already got that position in our lives. He gets to control our lives. He's the one that dictates how we live and who we are. Amen? Yes. Amen. So another thing that we learn about storms is that during a storm, it's hard to stay on course. And I'll be quick about this, but, but, but storms try to push us off course. They try to get us out of our purpose. They, they try to move us uh, uh, just, just, just from where we really are going, they try to move us all off course. Sometimes we get, um, we, we get distracted by the storms, and it's like, um, it's like right now there's a, 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 you know, just a, a horrible thing that goes on in a lot of places, and even though it's illegal, we find out that there's a lot of people that are, that are, that are having accidents because of texting and driving, distractions and driving. Uh, Last night, Yvette and I were coming back from someplace, and I was following the little map thing, and it wasn't working just right. And so I reached over, and all of a sudden, before I knew it, we were on this back road, and there was a curve coming up, and she yells, and um, you know, in the most loving, kind way that she could during the, at that moment. And uh, so this morning, driving over here, uh, she said, "Hey, I just want to tell you something. Don't text 
don't text while I'm not here. Okay? Uh, she could have just said, just don't text while you're driving, right? Don't text while I'm not here to keep you safe. So we can get distracted. Um, over in the Bahamas, when uh, the ships would come from the Bahamas to Florida or Florida to the Bahamas carrying supplies and goods, one of the things that the, the captains would always have to be doing while they were traveling was they'd always have to be adjusting the course two to three degrees, especially as they got into the Gulf Stream. They, they are always, you know, they, they knew where they were going, but, but just even on the greatest of days, you're always having to make adjustments. How many people know that we always need to be making adjustments in our lives? We always need to be adjusting into the will of God and into the direction of God and into the purposes of God. Uh, years ago, years ago, um, I was on a, uh, one of the men in our church was going to take a boat from our island to, to the States. It's about a 175 mile journey and across the open sea and across the Gulf, uh, I mean, across the, uh, the jet stream. And uh, so uh, he, we're driving along and then in this big, it's a, it was a big boat. And, and all of a sudden the boat started having problems, starting having difficulties. And so he said, hey, why don't you go up on the flybridge and why don't you get up there and I'm going to go down here and see what's going on. And so I went up there and I'm driving the boat. It's a beautiful day and the seas aren't too bad. And, and all of a sudden he, um, as he's down there working, he says, hey, we've got a problem. And about that time, one of the engines stopped working. There were two engines. One of the engines stopped working. And, and he says, we've got a problem. I'm looking out through the crystal clear water and I see a school of sharks passing by. And about that time, he says, we're taking on water. Now, one of the first lessons that I learned uh, living in, over there in the ocean was a boat in the water, no problem. Water in a boat? You got a problem. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> water in a boat's not a good thing, and we're taking on water. Well, immediately, it's amazing how much fear gripped my heart. I began to imagine the craziest things. I'm just, the boat's going to sink. The sharks are already preparing. The menu's already prepared, and Sam is on it. I'm just like, you know, this is not going to be a good thing. Has anybody ever seen that in the midst of a storm, in the midst of a difficult time, that the enemy comes in and tries to fill our lives with fear? You see, fear is one of the greatest weapons of the enemy. And fear tries to, to, to just move our hearts and move our faith and move our minds. Now, that doesn't happen just on the ocean. It doesn't happen just in a boat. It happens in life. Somebody gets a bad report from the doctor, a difficult report from the doctor, and they see something suspicious and we need to come back for a second. And all of a sudden, man, we can imagine the worst case scenarios. We can imagine very difficult, very tragic things taking place in our lives. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody ever been there? And, and, and it's easy. It's easy to go, wow, maybe it's it's cancer, or it's this, or it's that, or it's terminal, and, and I'll never be the same. And fear comes and tries to speak into our lives. In marriages, I've seen it for years, where a, a couple will be having a, a great life, and all of a sudden they come to a very difficult, a stormy place in their, in their marriage. And in the midst of the storm, all of the, the kinds of things will come up, and I told you she wasn't the right one, or you should have listened to your parents, he wasn't the right one, and, and you guys are never going to survive, it's never going to make it, it's going to result in divorce, it's going to be disastrous. And fear tries to interpret all of the circumstances and situations of our life. Our kids, our kids, one of our children uh, had a, a few wayward days in their life. And there were times when the enemy would just come in and, and say, she's never going to turn around. She's never going to be who you've prayed for her to be. The, all those promises of God, they mean nothing. They're lies. They're not true. And, and fear tries to dictate to our lives. Anybody ever had that situation in finances? Man, I'm telling you, get to the end of the month, right? And there's more bills, more month left than there is money. And, and, and the enemy comes in and tries to fill our hearts with fear and says, this is the time. The ship's going down. You're go it's going to be disastrous. Everything's going to be ruined. You see, that's what fear tries to do. Fear tries to define who we are and what we should do. You're a failure. Just give up. Okay? There's, there's hope for everybody else, but there's not hope for you. I think we've probably all heard those words. But you know, God has a different plan. And God's plan says this. 1 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, 
but of power, love, and a sound mind. So in our church, we teach that fear is a prophetic spirit. Okay, God's not given us the spirit of fear. And it's a prophetic spirit the enemy uses to try to get us to make bad, fear-based, wrong decisions that are going to lead to disastrous results. The enemy's trying to speak those things into our lives. But listen, you know what? God, God has a better plan. Okay, God has a plan where it says here that he gives us this power. He gives us power, love, and a sound mind. I love that word in the, in the Greek. If you look that up, it really means what that sound mind means. It means the ability to receive information uh, clearly, the ability to receive information clearly, to process it righteously, okay, to, to make right decisions, and then to act boldly. Don't you love that? Man, that we can receive information clearly, we can, we, we can interpret it righteously, and we can act boldly upon it. That's what God does. That's what faith is. Faith says, no matter what the circumstances, no matter how bad the storm, I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to put my faith in God. I'm going to depend upon God. And that's why I admire Paul, the Apostle Paul, so much, and especially as we see him in this situation here in Acts chapter 27. So let's, let's look at a couple of the lessons that we can learn, that we can learn from the storm. You ready? We're going to jump into the scripture here. Acts chapter 27, verse 8. So passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens near the city of Lycia. Now when much time had been spent and the sailing was now dangerous because the, feast, the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, men, I perceive that this voyage will end in disaster and much loss, not only of cargo and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship by the things spoken by Paul. I, I made a little note here in my, uh, just on my paper that says, if you ever want to get into trouble, just listen to the experts instead of the Word of God. Amen? <laughs> so, but, uh, but what I want us to know here is that storms can come even when we're doing nothing wrong and doing everything right. Okay, storms can come when we're doing nothing wrong and we're doing everything right. That, that's Paul's situation. He had done nothing wrong. He was serving the Lord. He was being obedient. There were great things that were taking place in countries and cities and people being saved and nations changed. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in a storm headed to where God wants him to go, where God had said he was going to go, and yet he finds himself in a life-threatening storm. Now, if you're anything like me, this raises a few questions. Why is it, okay, one of the questions, why is it that even when we're doing God's will, we often have such great difficulty in accomplishing it? Well, has anybody ever thought that? Well, why is this so tough? If we're doing God's will, shouldn't it be easy I've got to tell you a few um, months back that uh, it seemed like that every person that I met with was like, man, it's just hard serving Jesus. Shouldn't it be easy? It's, 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 it's hard raising kids. Shouldn't it be easy? And I really wanted to send them to the doctor and, you know, have their brains checked at that point in time. Right? Marriage. I sat across from a guy at a restaurant. He goes, I just can't do it anymore. He goes, it shouldn't be difficult. It's just supposed to be easy. And I, and I, I said, wait a minute, where did you get that idea that it was supposed to be easy? Where, where does that come in? It, it, it's not easy. We're not looking for easy. God hasn't assured us, hasn't granted us easy. He said, hey, things are going to be difficult and things are going to be tough and things are going to be trying, but I'm going to give you the power. I'm going to give you the ability. I think back to when my son was playing soccer. And uh, there was a day they were going out to play uh, this really difficult team. And he said, man, man, I wish we were playing an easier team. And I said, really? You really want to play an easier team? He said, yeah. He, I said, well, I don't want you to play an easier team. He said, I, I said, um, matter, well, he, he said, uh, I'm going to play an easier team. I said, you know, you're right, son. I wish you were playing four-year-old girls. And he was like, dad, what are you talking about? He said, playing four-year-old girls, that, that's ridiculous. I said, well, why would you want to play an easier team? You know what I want, son? I wish you were playing a pro league team. I wish you were playing the best team and you go out there and, and beat them. Maybe. Okay, or something like that's what I said to him. Man, I, I want God's more of God's strength in our lives. 
Sometimes we have false expectations. Our expectations is, is that God should make everything easy when God's saying, hey, I don't want to make it easy. I want to make you strong. Anybody want to be strong? Anybody want to be strong? So, you know, another question that comes up is why do shipwrecks and difficulties and tragedies come in the midst of doing the will of God? Why do those things happen? Uh, a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, we uh, sent our youth pastor on a trip, and he went to Costa Rica, took our youth to Costa Rica. While he was there, the Lord confirmed to him, uh, he'd always had a desire to do missions, and the Lord confirmed to him that, uh, actually to him and to his wife, that, that he wanted them to serve in Costa Rica. So they came back, and we spent um, about a year getting them prepared to go, and they, they went down to Costa Rica and started serving alongside of a missionary that we support, and and things were going really, really good. They, they were down there for a few months, and they came home and said, God's confirmed this is where we want to be. They sold everything, and they go back, and they go back. They head back to, uh, they head back to Costa Rica the first part of December, and man, just with such zeal and enthusiasm and an assurance that they're doing the will of God, and, and things are going great. And then Christmas comes along. They're spending Christmas in Costa Rica, and Christmas Day, they asked, they, Pastor Kelly, what do you want to do? He says, you know what I want to do for my, my birthday? I want to go to the beach. And so he goes to the beach, and, or they, they, they all go to the beach. And, and while they're there at the beach, well, the, the missionaries, one of the, mission, the missionaries' sons gets caught in a riptide. He goes, the missionary runs out there to help him, and, and he, he gets his son out, but he gets caught, gets tired, gets caught out there. And Pastor Kelly runs out there, goes out there, and he's able to push, he's able to help um, the missionary man, well, get out of the storm. But in the process of it, he got hit by a wave and he drowns. He drowns. His, his family standing on the shore. And, and folks, I've got to tell you, I, I've had to really deal with some difficulties and some questions and go, wait a minute, God. It, it, this isn't the way it's supposed to be, is it, God? It's not supposed to be difficult. Now, I, I'm here to tell you today, I don't have all the answers. I, don't, I can't explain every tragedy, every difficulty, every tough time, every storm. But I can tell you this. I can tell you that because of the goodness of our God and the faithfulness of our God, that God has come in and He has wrapped His presence around this wife and these three children. And today, because of His goodness and because of His strength and because of His presence, they continue to serve God after having gone through such a horrible, horrible storm. I'm telling you folks, don't ever believe for a moment. Don't ever believe for a moment that storms are punishment. Okay, a storm's not a sign that, that God's upset with you or mad at you and, or, or, or out to get you. Listen, everything that could upset God, everything that could make him disappointed or mad at us was taken care of by Jesus on the cross. God, God's, God's not mad at you. He's in love with you. God cares about you and he cares about you in the worst and most difficult of times. So don't ever believe that storms that storms are, are about difficult. They're just part of the process. They're part of the process that he's established so that we could grow and, and become the people that he wants us to be. I love Psalm chapter 34, verse 19, where it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Let's say that together. Delivers him out of them all. One more time. Let's do it together. Delivers him out of them all. Aren't you glad for a God who delivers us out of difficulties and circumstances and situations? So even when things go from bad to worse, folks, let me tell you, remember, God has not lost sight of you. God hasn't taken his eye off of you. God hasn't forgot you. God hasn't changed his mind about his purpose and his plan and his direction for your life. So another thing that we can learn in the storm is that sometimes you're in the storm for your benefit. Sometimes you're in the storm so that you can benefit, so that you, you know what, as a matter of fact, I think sometimes being in the storm is a confirmation that we're headed in the right direction. It's a confirmation that, that, that yes, this is where I'm supposed to be. Do you remember in Hebrews chapter 5, the scripture says this about Jesus. It said, Jesus learned through the things that he suffered. Did, did you know that? That Jesus learned. There were some things Jesus couldn't experience as God, but as man, he had to learn some things about suffering so that he could identify with each and every one of our suffering. 
You see, suffering doesn't mean that there's sin. It's not a punishment for sin. I believe that suffering will bring growth, that it, that it helps to mature us, that it brings us education. So in the storm, in the storm, one of the things that we get educated about is that we, we can still experience the presence of God. Storms do not have the ability to cut you off and to, to make you stop being able to experience God. They don't have the, the, the storms do not have the ability to separate you from God or from his love or his plan and his purpose in your life. And folks, I love this. Storms can be going on all around us. Things can be crazy. How many people realize we live in a crazy world? It can be crazy all around us, storming all around us. So the storms can be all around us, but the storms don't have to be inside of us. Aren't you glad for that today? Storms don't have to be inside of us. Second thing is that in the storm, you can't experience the peace of God. You can experience the peace of God. You know that uh, in Acts chapter 27, verse 23, it says this. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying to me, listen to this. I, I don't want to read this too quickly. Stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong. Who do you belong to tonight, today? Do you belong to God? Anybody in here belong to God? Come on, anybody in here belong to God? Man, you know what? If you belong to God, he doesn't lose sight of you even in the midst of the storm. And so the angel, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, came and he stood by me and he said to me, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must, be brought, you must be brought before Caesar and indeed has granted you all those who sail with you. I, I, I've got to tell you, I love this. The angel reminded Paul, Paul, God's plan for your life has not changed. Circumstances around you don't change God's plan in you. You hear that today? Circumstances and storms around you don't change God's plan in you. I, I think that a lot of times, that in life we recognize that there are storms and we think those storms, you know, that they direct our lives. I'm saying the only person that gets to direct our lives is God. Amen? He, he really is. Life's going to be filled with storms. One of the things after 40 years of being in ministry, I found it, ministry, ministry's filled with storms. It, it really is. And, and sometimes we're, we're tempted to, to think, is, am I really called to this? Am I, am I doing the right thing? Do I, in life, how many times are we are, do, do I really have what it takes to make it? And I think that's when the Holy Spirit just comes along and he sends his angels. He sends his angel. Now, one of the things I've learned in life is that sometimes God sends his angels like he did to Paul, but sometimes his angels are busy. I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're bowling. Isn't that where all the thunder and the lightning comes from and all that kind of stuff, right? But, but sometimes when, those, when he doesn't send angels, you know what he does? He sends you to be an angel. He sends you to be his angel. And can I encourage you today that from time to time, we need to be an angel, one of God's angels, speaking God's message to each other. Sometimes you need to come alongside of your, of your pastor and your staff, and you need to come alongside of your volunteers and each other, and give each other a big pat on the back and say, hey man, I, I know man, you might be going through a storm. I know you might be going through some difficulties. I know there's some troubling things that have taken place in your life. But listen, I want you to know God's with you and so am I. God's with you and so am I. Y'all do that for your, your team here. Amen? Do that for Pastor Danny. Don't pat him too hard. He's getting old. I don't want him to fall apart. Right? But I'm telling you, God, you know what God could have done? God could have come and he could have calmed that storm. He could have, he could have spoke peace. Jesus has done it before. You remember the story? Right? He could have spoke peace. But instead of speaking peace to the storm, he put peace in Paul. And the reason he put peace in Paul was so that he could give it to others. And that's one of the next things that we learn. And sometimes you're in a storm not for your benefit, but for the benefit of others. So sometimes the difficulty that you're going through, the, 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 the pressure, the, the, the waves, the wind, all the things that you're feeling in your life, they're not, it's not just about you, it's about others. Uh, Paul was able to give those on the ship, those 275 other people, he was able to give them peace and hope and assurance because it was what is in him. Folks, everybody look at me. Let me see your eyes for a second here. Can I tell you, you're only going to be able to give what you've got. 
Anybody know that? You, you give what you are. And so many times I think the world needs us to be able to give peace and to give love and to, and to give hope. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is if it's in us. And, and we read this in, about Paul in verse 22. It says, this is as Paul says, And now I urge you, take heart, for there will be no, life of, no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. I'm still not sure why he put only of the ship there. I would have just stopped, no life among you, no loss of life among you. He had to put that last part in there. And then he goes on, he says, therefore, take heart, man. He's, again, he's saying it, take heart. The angel had encouraged him, now he's encouraging others. And he says, for I believe that it will be just as it was told me. I believe, God, that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run a great... He is really, he just can't get away from bringing bad news. <laughs> we're going to bring some, we're going to run aground. But you know what Paul was doing? Paul was giving encouragement and he was giving hope. And so folks, I'm telling you, sometimes you're in the midst of a storm to be an example to others. If we read on in the scripture, we'll find out that he said, after encouraging them, he says, hey, listen, guys, you haven't, you've been going without food and you're tired and you're weary. Come on, take some food, eat some food. And then you know what he does? The Bible tells us that, that he picked up the food and he prayed and he blessed it and he broke it and then he ate it. You know, it's, it's easy to tell people what they should do when they're in a storm, isn't it? Boy, but it's a whole lot better when you don't just tell them, but you show them. When you show them, and that's what God did there. I think we all realize that talk's cheap, right? Experts, everybody's an expert on everything nowadays. They looked it up on Google, <laughs> right? How, how do you know how to do Oh, I, I watched a YouTube video, and so now I'm an expert, right? We don't need experts. We need people that will come and will stand by them and that will show them, show them the love of Jesus, show them the hope and, and the care of Jesus. You know, a, a couple of weeks ago um, before service, I was um, just greeting some folks and, and as I was greeting them, I noticed that back in, the, back in the left corner of our church, that there was a lady that she had come in and she had sit down, her name's Linda. Linda, a few weeks earlier, had got a horrible report that she has, um, has breast cancer. And uh, it was just, it seemed like the worst of times for this to happen because Linda's husband, Jim, had just started coming to church. And, and it, it kind of rocked them, you know, it really did. And, and so I looked back there and I could see Linda, and she sat down by herself. And, and it, was, it was just, it was kind of sad. And so I was making my way back to greet Linda. And, and as I was doing this, I watched another lady named Suzanne, and Suzanne was making her way over to Linda. Now, Suzanne's story is that about uh, six or eight months ago, Suzanne was diagnosed with cancer, and she's overcome it. She's come through the storm, and she's a survivor. Hallelujah. Everybody say, praise the Lord for survivors. Amen. And I'm telling you, and so, so I watched as Linda's sitting there and Suzanne walks over to her and they start to talk. And I thought, oh, that's really great that they've, they've connected, they've met each other, there's encouragement going on. And you know what I found out when I got back there? It was the first time they'd ever met. Suzanne said when she walked in the door, she felt the Holy Spirit tap her on the shoulder and say, just go over and say hi to that lady. And so I was able to connect their stories and said, Linda, you need to hear Suzanne's story. And man, they're connected now. And Suzanne's walking through this situation and praying with her and helping her. And, and can I tell you that, that sometimes God, again, I can't explain it all, but sometimes you're in a storm and you've gone through a storm, not just for your benefit, but for somebody else's benefit. Amen? Amen. So we, we wrap our sermons up, our messages up like this. When we conclude, we say this, what do I want you to know today? First of all, I want you to know that storms come. But as Mark Twain says, there's never been a storm that lasted forever. I'm telling you, the storm will pass, but God will still be with you. You've still got purpose. God's got a plan for your life. Amen? So I'm not an angel. I'm, I'm, I'm one of God's favorites, but uh, you know, we're, how many people know we're all, one of, we're all God's favorites, right? We're all God's favorites, so... But I really do believe that today the Holy Spirit has sent me to tell you that you might be in a storm right now. There might be some very difficult things going on in your life. But listen, 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 not just to me, but to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, God loves you. God loves you. God hasn't forgotten about you. God hasn't taken his eye off of you. 
God is with you and you are going to come through the storm. You're going to make it. You, you, you're, you're, going to, you're, you're going to win. And not only are you going to make it, but I believe that you're going to be better prepared than ever to help somebody else. What do I want you to feel today? I want you to feel a renewed sense of hope. If you're in a storm, if you're in a difficult place, I, I want you to know that God is with you. Today, I want you to feel, uh, I want you to feel peace because God is... How many people know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace? And the Prince of Peace is with you. He is with you today. God's with you and not one of His promises will fail. And what do I want you to do today? What do I want you to do as we go? I want, no matter what your situation or the storm that you're in, I want you to look to God. Get your eyes off the storm, get your eyes off the situation, and look to God. And as we look to God in faith, let's expect Him to show up. Let's expect Him to come close. Let's expect Him to speak into our lives. Possibly, possibly today's the day that the sun's going to break through and shine and the clouds are going to go away. And, and today's the day when change is going to come. And then finally, what I want you to do is I want you to look for somebody else that you can encourage and that you can speak peace into their life, that you can help them make it through their storm in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Well, with every head bowed this morning, let me just ask this. If you're in a storm or in a difficult place or you've gone through one, maybe, uh, maybe you're in one right now, would you just lift your hand this morning? Would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor Sam, as you pray this morning, I'm in a tough place. Yes, I see those hands. I see those hands. Yes, yes, yes. I want you to know God loves you. God hadn't forgot about you. The Holy Spirit, I believe, is coming to encourage and to speak peace to you right now. Amen. All right, you can put your hands down. And how about this? How many people say, you know what, Pastor Sam, I want to be that person that God uses to come along somebody else, no matter how difficult it might be. I want to, I want to, be, there to, be, a, uh, I want to be there to be a sign of hope and a sign of encouragement. And I want to share an impartation of peace into their life as God fills me with his presence. Is there anybody that would say, that's what I want to do? I want to touch somebody else's life. Amen. If that's your prayer this morning, why don't you just go ahead and stand and let's all pray together. Amen. Come on, let's all just stand and let's pray together. Let me remind you, okay, before we pray, that at the end of service, if you'd like to receive communion or if you'd like special prayer, there's the tables on either side. Don't leave. Don't leave. Especially if you raised your hand about being in a storm. Don't leave today. Don't leave today without receiving prayer. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for the beautiful, wonderful people of Bayshore Community Church. And I thank you that today, God, that there's not one of these people that you don't know everything about them. You know more about the situations and the circumstances of their lives. You know more details. You know more of the, the intricacies than they could ever know. And God, right now, we pray. Come on, church, let's pray. Come on, we pray right now for those that are in difficult situations and storms right now. We say, come close to them, God. Be with them, God. Don't let fear speak into their lives. We take authority over fear right now. We rebuke the voice of fear. We rebuke the spirit of fear. We say today, we receive your power, your love, God, and the sound mind, God, the peace that you give us. And Father, for each and every one of us, we commit ourselves today to be your children, God, accomplishing your purpose God, we ask that today you would make us aware of somebody else that we can come alongside and we can encourage them, we can bless them, and we can lead them into a right relationship with Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. And every person said, everybody said what? Amen. Amen. Amen.